love you so much again. God, I'm so thankful to be able to stand before your people and just uh, share your word. Lord, I pray that the message that you want will come forth tonight. Lord, I have prepared, but Lord, this is your message. And Lord, you take it any way you want to take it, Lord. But Lord, it's up to you. And I just give myself unto you. Lord, help us to receive what you have. In Jesus' name, amen. I almost never ever tell a story before I preach. It just I just never do it, never think of one, don't know any. But I got one tonight. And it's a personal one having to do with my kids. And uh it kind of goes along with my sermon tonight. And it has to do with Jonathan and LaDonna when they were real young. I'm guessing Jonathan might have been five, so that made LaDonna around nine at the time. And, uh, oh, it was raining, just like it was today, just really, really hard. And uh, Jonathan, being really concerned, he said, wonder if it was going to flood the whole earth. And LaDonna just looked at him, and just with a surety in her heart, she looked at him and said, God promised. <laughs> well, i tell you what. We can learn some lessons from that. What God has promised, he said we do. And then we just got to say God promised. And that settles it right there. So anyway, that's my story for tonight. Uh, Tonight I want to speak on what will Jesus find when he returns. Uh, John 4, 3 says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. We know that Jesus is going to come again. We don't know what day. We don't know what time. Uh, we feel like it's in our lifetime because everything kind of points towards it. But we know that he's coming. And he's coming for those who are ready uh, to meet him. Uh, so tonight, I, this is what I want to talk about. The sad thing that there are many who consider themselves a Christian are not ready. If he were to come, they wouldn't see him because they're not ready. Knowing this, what will Christ be actually looking for when he comes to earth? What would he be looking for? Um, what would he find? Uh, Luke 18.8 says, I will tell you that he will avenge them speedily. But nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find faith on the earth? When he returns, will he find a people who is truly and fully believing the Word of God? It's settled in their heart. Just like LaDonna, you know, God said. Is that good enough for us? Are we settled in what his word says is truth? Do we find a people who live according to his word? There are certain things that the word points out how we are to live. Will he find a people that's living for him that way? Do we, will he find a person or people who trust in his word? That truly trust him in all that they do and all that they are faced with? Do they trust Him? 
Or do you find a people who will not be shaken by the cares of life? I'll tell you what, anybody wants any, there's plenty out there right now. But will he find a people that's trusting him through everything? That's a good point to stop right there. You know, we're, like I say, we're facing a lot of things. And I've heard a lot of people talk about stock markets and things going down. Where's your treasure? Where's your trust tonight? You know, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And this did not catch him by surprise. God is always faithful. So it doesn't matter what's going on out there. We're locked in with, the, with God in, in his economy. Well, he found a people who will be steadfast, unwavering, and determined. Well, he found a people who will be committed, loyal, trustworthy. We find a people who is faithful, dependable, dedicated. A people with a purpose who perseveres. A people with a persistent, a keep at it, a never give up attitude. Do you believe as Paul? For I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day are you truly persuaded or are you tossed back and forth do you trust him do you believe him God said it is that good enough tonight James 1 verse 6 but let us ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like the wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. God cannot bless you if you toss one way than the other. If you're not settled in your spirit about the things of God and, and what he's promised you. You say with one word, well, I trust God. Boy, I just wonder what I'm going to do. You know, I don't know what I'm what path I'm going to take. We're tossed back and forth. And because of your unsettledness, God can't bless you. He can't move in your life. And the question tonight, how will he find you when he comes? How settled are you in your spirit? How will he find the Ark Fellowship as a whole? Will he find faith? Revelations 22 and 12. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give everyone according to his work. He says, I'm coming quickly. Only the Father knows when he's coming, but we know that he's coming quickly. No time to get ourselves ready. If he suddenly appears, it's it. He said that my reward is with me. The reward will be given to those who have faith, who believe him, who trust him. He rewards faithfulness. He rewards 
when you have faith in Him. But if you toss to and fro, He can't reward you because you're unstable. We must be stable before God. We must have our feet planted and stand on His Word. Amen. It says in Hebrews eleven six, but without faith, it's impossible to please Him. If you want to please God, have faith in His Word. If you want to please Him, have faith that whatever you're facing, He's going to see you through. If you want to please Him. For he comes, but without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He wants to reward you, but you you got to seek him. you got to seek his face. you got to know him. And he wants to reward you. God has a reward for you tonight. It's up to you to press on. You cannot please God without faith. There are many Christians have strong faith when things are going well. But let a trial come along and they crumble. They can't stand up. They don't let the strength of the Holy Spirit give them a backbone. They just crumble before the problem. And they worry and they fret. Instead of coming to God and believing what the Word declares, they gripe and they complain. Why does it always happen to me? Now we know we always heard different Christians be like that. It's not us tonight. I refer to this old song before, but it, it just fits really good. It's come off a of hee haw. I've said it here before. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. If it were not for bad luck, I would have no luck at all. There's a lot of Christians have that in their spirit. They don't, they don't have any luck. Everything always goes wrong. They believe they're saved, you know, but they have no faith in God. They don't know His Word. They don't know the Word to believe the Word. Second Corinthians 5 and 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith. What does that mean? We're going to have to walk by faith. Everything just won't fall into place. But sometimes we got to stand up and say, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know you're going to do it. And you got to trust him. It requires us to walk by faith, and sometimes it's really hard. But God always shows himself faithful to you. And during that time, you can feel that peace in your heart, knowing that God is moving in your life and that He will see you to the other side because He's faithful to you. There are times we must take our eyes off our circumstances and look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We must choose to see with our Spiritual eyes and not our physical eyes. 
All we look and see is the, the big problem that's before us. But we never really put a focus our eyes on Jesus. We need to focus our eyes on Him and keep our eyes on Him. If you keep your eyes on Him, those things will take care of themselves. James 1.5 says, If any of you likes wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. What do you lack tonight? What's lacking in your life? The Word says, if you like wisdom, we can ask of Him. Any area in your life that you lack in, He's there to supply. But you've got to trust Him. And not let the storms of life swish you back and forth. Don't want to be a wishy-washy Christian. But walk according to the Word of God and trust Him. Again, he will always show himself faithful to you. Sometimes he just wants to know, do you really trust him? Do you really trust him? God will give you everything you need and will not hold back any good thing. But you must ask in faith and not doubt. And if you doubt, you will experience the storms of life. But that's all you can see. You may say, I believe you, God. But what if you don't do it? Verse 7 again says, Let not man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Toss back and forth. Hebrews 11.6 But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. He won't still reward you again. Amen. Ephesians 5 Start with verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. New American Standard, verse 27 says, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory. That's us. That's us. That's those who have walked by faith. Those who have overcome. 
those who serve him with a whole heart. Church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and blameless. So the word says that Jesus is looking for a church without spot or wrinkle. A church that is holy and without blemish. I hate to say this, but we're not there yet. We're not there. Church has a ways to go. I'm talking about church. Our attitude, our actions, our words, our obedience to the word, our way of behaving, our way of thinking, our approach, and our mindset towards God and towards our fellow believers who are our brothers and sisters in Christ will determine if we are a part of the church that is without spot or wrinkle. A church that is holy without blemish. We serve a God of compassion, a God who forgives. But when he returns for his church, he will not come for a church who... He will come for a church who is ready, sanctified, a church that has been cleansed with the washing of, of water by the word. He's come for a church that's ready. You're talking about a bride. They come in white dresses. It's just really a white, white, glistening. You don't see them with smudges. You don't see what the dresses are all wrinkled up and tattered. But they adorn themselves. That's the way we are to be. We need to adorn ourselves in His goodness and His likeness. That's what He wants out of us. We ought to be Christ-like. What are spots, wrinkles, and blemishes? Without spots, without blemishes, according to those things that causes our garments to be stained, soiled, or defiled. First Peter one fourteen through sixteen says, "As an obedient, as obedient children, not conforming yourself to the formal lusts, as in your ignorance, but as He who called you is holy." You also be holy in all your conduct, because it is with it is written, "Be holy, for I am holy." He has an expectation for us, for us to be holy. That's walking in impurity, and 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 the light of God shining through us. We have no. Holiness of our own unless God is within us and his holiness within us shining forth. We are to be holy as he is holy. Holiness is not an option. If we want to be part of the church, the bride of Christ, we must live our lives holy and acceptable unto him. Romans 1 and 12. We must turn away from those former lusts and former desires. We need to put those things behind us. And if you're dealing with anything in your life, you need to ask God to really help you overcome those things.
and put them behind you. Amen. First John 2.16 For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but of the world. The lust of the flesh. Desiring those things that are carnal and things that are unholy. It seems like the, the mankind just kind of gravitates to those things. That's why we see this world having more wickedness every day. You don't think it could get any worse. But they desire the things of, of, that this world has to offer and they want to... Uh, Participate in all that it has. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. Instead of seeking the kingdom of God first, we're lusting after the things of the world. I see it, I want it. I gotta have it. It's mine, I want it. Doesn't matter if it puts you in debt. Just kind of like they're talking about these home buyers that they were loaning all this money to buying houses they can't afford. Lust of the eyes. I want it. Got to have it. Pride of life. Looking at your accomplishments, your abilities for success. Giving praise to yourself, not God. Proverbs 6.18 says, Pride cometh before destruction and a holy spirit before a fall. You will fall. You will fall. If your life is puffed up, you got pride. Now we're talking about spots and blemishes, wrinkles. Spots and blemishes. Pride and arrogance. Envy and jealousness. Always placing blame on others. A critical spirit, always griping and complaining. Nothing satisfies. Listening and accepting words from those who have a critical spirit and you become like them. Word says you need to stay away from them. Having a know-it-all, unteachable spirit. Tell you what, you really got a problem if you have an unteachable spirit. God can never work through you. You're not willing to learn. You're not willing to learn from others. I know. I know what to do. You know. Got to have a teachable spirit. See no wrong with speaking little white lies as long as it doesn't hurt anyone. A lie is a lie. All liars shall have their place in the lake of fire. Spots and blemishes. Proverbs 6, 16. The six things the Lord hates, yet seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, 
hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift to run into evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. First one, pride. A proud look. I think we've already discussed that. A lying tongue. Those who are quick to just whatever, what's ever convenient. Say whatever the other person wants to hear. Hands that shed innocent blood. Anger. Matthew 5.21 You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder. And whosoever will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. A spirit of murder. A heart that devises wicked plans. Dishonesty. Lack of integrity. God's people ought to be a people of integrity. People of the word. A lack of integrity when dealing with people to gain success. Born again as a believer until evil opportunity presents itself, partaking of things that Jesus would find offensive. A false witness, a life of lies. A spirit of lying, knowing all the right words, living contrary to God's word, life of falsehood. And the last one, sowing discord among the brethren. This is the thing God hates most. He called it an abomination. Trying to put one brother against another brother. Spreading gossip. Bringing division. Sowing seeds of hatred and not love. A complaining spirit. Discord. It's an abomination to God. Wrinkles. Not these kind. When something is wrinkled, to me it's unkept. Saved, washed, but never growing in the knowledge of God. Always with a baby Christian mentality. Never allowing the the heart of the word of God to iron out the wrinkles. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Never allowing the heat of the word of God to iron out the wrinkles. We need to let God's word put the hot iron on us and get the wrinkles out. Is knowing some of the right words to say, but never applying the Word of God to your life. God sees your wrinkles. The church sees your wrinkles. 
and the world sees your wrinkles. They know if you're the, the real oracle or not. They know. When your garments wrinkle, you will never accomplish anything for the kingdom of God. It's like lukewarmness. She said that he would spew you out of his mouth if you're lukewarm. It's time to grow up in the things of God. Amen. Doing well. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We need to lay aside all those sins that just seem to keep us down. A lot of times it's a sin that you just keep going back to it. You lay it down, but you go back to it. You need to lay it aside completely and give it to God. These are sins that we need to repent of. And repent means what? Turn around or the other direction. Hebrews 1 1 says, Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. The race is almost over. He's coming soon. He will present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot nor wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and blameless. You've got to be prepared for his coming. Will he find faith? Will he find faith in you when he comes? Not so much the art fellowship, but it's very personal. It's you and me. Will he find faith? Only you can judge yourself on that. You know your heart. Will he find faith? Will he say, well done, thy good and faithful servant? You've been faithful over a few things. Will he say that? And personally, I don't think it's good just to barely make it in. We need to go in and doing, having a conference, all that he set out before us. A lot of people, they hold back what God has asked them to do because of fear or whatever. That's not my ministry. I can't do those things. You never know what you can do till you try. You got to step forth and do it. He's coming again. Will he find faith? Holding back. It's not faith. But stepping forth, stepping out of your comfort zone, it's faith. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I know the time is short. We're not ignorant of the times. We've read your word. We know that you're coming. 
Lord, this is a very important question for us to ask ourselves. When you return, will you see faith? God, I ask that you will help us step forth in faith and trust in every area of our life. God, that our life would become in alignment with the Word of God. I ask, Lord God, that the Holy Spirit, every time we let something out of our mouth that's not of you, that's negative, that the Holy Spirit of God would prick our spirit and bring our attention. Lord, that we may Learn to walk in faith and to trust you and to believe you. Lord, I pray that somehow this message tonight stir up the hearts of your people here tonight. You found this very important to you, Lord. You're looking for people that's ready. Help us, Lord God, to do everything according to your word. That you'll find us faithful. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. You are dismissed.